Hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 567. We will be following the footnote referenced at the end of the second paragraph on page 47 in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, which says, please be sure to read Appendix 2 on Spiritual Experience. We will be reading and commenting on Appendix 2 on page 567 in its entirety, beginning with the terms spiritual experience through its conclusion on page 568 with the contempt prior to investigation quote attributed to Herbert Spencer. Today's readers are Maura Z, Marge E, Craig S, Nancy P, and Leslie M. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, March 29th, 2021, are 16,665 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. That's 16665 and 16,666 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. That's 16666. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Maura Z to read the OA 12 steps. Thank you, Rebecca. Maura Z. Recovering in Virginia. <clears throat> Twelve steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people 
wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Morris E. from Virginia. I will now ask Marge E. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Marge E. Recovered in Massachusetts. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from a primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service in March. And uh, I pass. Thank you, Margie from Massachusetts. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. 
then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be following the footnote referenced at the end of the second paragraph on page 47 in chapter 4, the agnostics, which says, please be sure to read Appendix 2 on spiritual experience. Therefore, we will be reading and commenting on Appendix 2 on page 567 in its entirety, beginning with the terms spiritual experience through its conclusion on page 568 with the contempt prior to investigation quote attributed to Herbert Spencer. I will now ask Craig F. to go ahead and read that. Thank you. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Good morning, everybody. Appendix 2, the spiritual experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which, upon careful reading, shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yes, it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, Many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Many of us, many of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource, which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Many of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience, can recover provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. His only can be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need to have, need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot be cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. 
That last bit was by Herbert Spencer. Okay, quite a bit to digest there. Um, you know this uh, this concept, this idea, this this uh, sudden upheaval, um, it tripped me for a long time. Uh, uh, I, I have to admit, I I uh, I came in and I I wanted this lightning to hit me. You know, I, I wanted to be transformed in an instant. You know, uh, I had surrendered, I, I thought. I had uh, 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 done the third step. Uh, I had said that I would turn my life and will over to the care of God and and uh, thought that I had a pretty good idea about what who God was. And so here I am, hit me with the lightning, uh, transform me, and um, take away this um, insanity that says that keeps coming up, you know, where where I, I fall back into the food uh, at the first sign of uh, 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 not getting my own way, uh, uh, first sign of emotional problem, um, and that my uh, reaction to life always seemed to come back to the same. As much as I, as much as I thought I might try. To change I, I didn't seem to be able to you know I wanted to be like I wanted to be made normal uh, which is uh, I didn't know yet was only a setting on a washing machine but I wanted to be made uh, uh, like I thought other people were you know where I didn't have that that uh, uh, reaction that was so in, injurious to myself where I had a, a healthier reaction to life and and it didn't come. And I actually copped a resentment to God because I thought, you know, while on others you are calling, you know, don't pass me by. And, and you know, I thought, why, why not me? You know, why, why, I'm here. Uh, do you, don't don't you see me? And and the fact is that the answer was right there in front of me all the time. I I was just unwilling to see it. You know, I, I I had that uh, bar against uh, uh, the principles of bar against all information and and everlasting ignorance ignorance, and that is that I I I not only had the contempt prior to investigation, I I would I hadn't done the work. You know, the the work, meaning the steps, um, is designed to open me up. To have this experience, that that I, I can't, I don't just have this experience, uh, even an educational variety experience out of the blue. Uh, you know, I, I can surrender, and and we need to surrender, and we can ask God to guide our thoughts and actions, and and, and we should, and and we can proceed with with learning this discipline of a new way of life. Um, but until I do the, until I do the inventory in four, and in, and and give it away, and, and and humble myself in front of God and another human being to say, this is me and this is this is my flaws, and, and, until I open myself up that way, and then in six and seven I humble myself some more by saying that you know uh, I'm not in charge of removing my character defects. 
uh, you know, I I, I can't uh, discipline those out of me, you know, and you can crack my knuckles with a ruler, but I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't take those away. But, uh, you know, in, until I do that and until uh, eight and nine, I, I go forward and humble myself again and make amends to the people I've harmed and, and, uh, uh, do the, uh, do the footwork of, of cleaning up the past and move into 10 and 11 and learn how to live in a spiritual way of life that I, I, I'm not going to progress towards that, towards this idea. But if I do those things, if I do them wholeheartedly and sincerely and, and honestly, that, that I can, uh, even me, uh, can progress to that spiritual way of life. And, and, and I claim spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. It, it reminds us of that here in a few more in the next chapter. So I, 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 I have been given a blueprint, a pattern, a way of life that will bring me to this, to, to, to this thing. So with that, uh, with that, I'm sorry, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Craig. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on an A Vision for You meeting on Friday or Monday and would like to share on Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience, on pages 567 and 568, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Dara L. Larry G. Christina J. Mark L. Claire A. from UK. Okay so, okay, so let me just tell you, I missed numerous names, but I'll tell you, I think I heard Sarah L. first. If you're still on the line and could confirm, I'd appreciate it. Um, and then there were a bunch of names I didn't hear, and then I heard Larry G., and then I heard Mark L., someone from the U.K. Oh, yes, Dara L., I just got a Christina J., yes. Yeah. Dara L. Okay, yes, I'm going to put you at the end, Christina J. Um, and so, who is from the UK? Are you still unmuted? Nessa R. Nessa R. I don't think you're from the UK, but I gotcha. And it was Seneca. Oh, go ahead. What was that, Seneca? Okay, let's go with this line because lineup because it's kind of long, and I'll have to get the UK person later. Dara L, Larry G, Mark L, Katie B, Christina J, Nessa R, and Seneca. Dara L, go right ahead. Hi, uh, can, can you hear me? I hear you now. Are you there? Oh, L? great. Yes, Dara L. Yes, thank you so much. Um, yay. Wow. I love this reading. I um, This is one of my favorite parts of the big book. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. 
And as the reading was happening, I was just thinking about how, you know, we always talk about in this program the amnesia related to the disease. Like, I forget how bad it is um, in terms of the compulsive overeating or, you know, in my case, anorexia and bulimia. And it's funny because I'm a person who's been, you know, institutionalized 16 times. I've almost died many, many times. I've, you know, I've, uh, and, uh, and I have forgotten, you know, I can forget how bad the disease is. But I have the same phenomenon when it comes to the spiritual experiences because I've had many, many lightning bolts, incredible spiritual experiences. And not only that, but this is the fourth time that I've recovered. So I had, you know, two years abstinence, two years abstinence, five years abstinence, just periods of my life where God was working for me, doing what I could not do for myself. And I every time can forget about that. Like I, you know, I, my ability to hold on to what God has done for me is almost zero. And so that's why I was so grateful today for um, my step 10 and step 11 practices, because daily I get to experience the miracle of God working in my life. And this, you know, just the beautiful spiritual experiences that happen each and every day. And some of them are more educational and some of them it's like, oh my gosh, wow, you know, I can't believe that that miracle happened. And, um, and you know, I'm addicted to spiritual experiences. I need them every day because without them, I forget and I go back to the disease and I'm, I lose that God consciousness that is, is making it so that someone like me, a low bottom you know, anorexic, bulimic, compulsive overeater who could not go, I couldn't go a minute without something in my mouth. I, quite literally, I could not go a minute. Um, and binged and purged up to 12 times a day, had a $300 a day food habit, and God has relieved me of that. This is the fourth time over that I have full neutrality around food, but I know that if I were to lapse on any of my spiritual practices, I would forget about all the miracles God has done in my life, and I would also forget about um, how painful the disease is. And so, yeah, I, I'm just very, very grateful that I don't have to try to hold on to any spiritual experiences. I just have to replug into God and um, and trust that each day brings a new, you know, a new and amazing and exciting adventure of drawing closer to something that I cannot possibly fully understand. Um, and I don't have to. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah L. Larry G. <clears throat> thank you. And um, good morning, my uh, vision family. My name is Larry G. And I'm re recovered compulsive eater. Uh, over the 26 years that I was in OA, I did uh, was a very good at surrendering, coming out of a major binge. But somewhere, a um, week, two weeks, month, three months, a year, I'd convinced myself that uh, it'd be okay um, to have um, comfort food. What I know today, I'm it's not comfort food um, when I was experiencing intense feelings. Um, in 1981, I had the spiritual experience, uh, rearrangement of my psychological thinking in Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, never to drink again. Uh, you would have to uh, waterboard me 
to get alcohol down me. Um, and on May 17th of last year, I begged God to either take me, um, just take me. I, I didn't want to live anymore. Uh, two months away from my 39th AA birthday, or uh, give me the same spiritual experience that I had as an alcoholic, recovered alcoholic in 1981. And uh, God did. Um, looking back, uh, I went through the steps twice in 2018 and 2019 with two different OA sponsors. The first sponsor uh, was a um, AA big, uh, OA big book based uh, covered and uh, as I was working the steps there was many days I would drive home from my sponsor's house and stop and buy comfort food uh, and I ate all the way through uh, 2019 only to be told uh, by that sponsor hey it's okay you had 20,000 calories let's just get back in the saddle uh, you used to eat 20,000 calories a day I have to tell you uh, the Alcoholics Anonymous um, if uh, I had drink booze, there is no way in hell that my sponsor would ever continue taking me through the steps. Uh, my beloved vision sponsor, who has taught me more about the big book that I learned in Alcoholics Anonymous, um, in June, I had overate on hummus, which has be become a alcoholic food. Uh, we, we stopped. We stopped uh, two weeks to, to dry my brain out, to defog my brain. Uh, I was pissed. I wanted to continue, but uh, my sponsor, uh, so wisely, he stopped. Um, so I believe today, this is just my belief, it's just my opinion, that we do a disservice to the new person um, who is in relapse to continue doing the steps. And I'm not saying we do that in vision, but you know, where I came from, uh, we did that often. Um, I am so grateful to be surrendered today. And just like my AA recovery, you'd have to waterboard me to get food down me. Uh, my name's Larry. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Thank you. Thanks, Larry G. Um, we're going to have Mark L. next. And I am going to try for the person in the UK after that, in case you're listening still and want to mm-hmm. share. Mark L., go right my, ahead. Mm-hmm. My name Mark. I am a compulsive over here in and glad to be here another day to your life on my terms. Wonderful. <laughs> this is a good topic for me. Uh, that spirituality or this fellowship or over the anonymous. I just want to say thank y'all. Thank to my high power who I call God in the fellowship or over the anonymous. The day is my birthday in OA. 39 years inside these rooms. And 38 years of being abstinent one day at a time. I just want to thank y'all for allowing me to achieve that today in my life. This is a wonderful fellowship to all the newcomers. Stay around and wait for the miracle to happen. This this is a wonderful fellowship, and it will truly help you one day at a time. I love you today, and have a blessed day, and and help me celebrate my birthday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Happy OA birthday, Markel. Thank you. Um, the person from the UK, if you're there, give it a go. Put your name out. Oh, hi there. My name's Claire E. from the UK. Claire E. Okay. Go right ahead. 
Oh, brilliant. Thank you for hearing me. So my name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater and bulimic um, from Cornwall in the UK. Oh, I just love this paragraph. Oh, that's I love the paragraph is the old section. Um, this probably kept me in OA um, in the early days. Um, and I have spent many years, I can really relate to what's been shared, spent many, many years um, sitting there waiting for the miracle to happen. Sitting there waiting to be struck abstinent, waiting for someone to say something that was going to be my spiritual awakening. And I was going to arise after that meeting and never want to eat again and, um, and have my spiritual awakening. And it kept me away from the big book for many years as well, because I did perceive and these sort of came to believe the other, the other information I read, you know, that I needed to have this sudden and spectacular, you know, sort of experience transformation. And, um, you know, as it says happily, this, is, this sort of thinking is erroneous. It's, it's not, that's not my experience. And, um, you know, as it's been shared, you know, I have a very short memory. I need to look back and, and I actually kept a notepad for a while about all the God experiences I have had. And I've had hundreds of them, hundreds of God moments, hundreds of awakening moments, hundreds of realizations, hundreds of times that somebody said something that's really made a difference to my life. Um, and I, I, I forget that very, very quickly. And um, my spiritual awakening has definitely been of the education variety. It's happened over many years. Um, it will continue to happen, I hope, God willing, provided that I don't close my mind to spiritual matters. And, um, you know, what it describes here and it defines is a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And, you know, this is coming from page 46, 47, where it talks about, you know, however inadequate our view is. And I was talking to a member at the weekend who, who pointed out that my view isn't inadequate, actually, because the evidence is I'm abstinent. You know, the evidence is I don't think about food 24-7. The evidence is that I haven't had to binge or vomit um, or eat my alcoholic foods for the last three and a half years. So my concept of a higher power must be all right. You know, I'm sure it could be better, but it must be adequate for the time being. My personality change must be getting there. Um, the other thing that I was just going to share, which I think is probably the real the real um, uh, sort of uh, brilliant, I don't know, I can't don't, sorry, just distracted there. I, uh, amazing line for anyone that's new is on page 568 and i'll just pick it up that last little bit no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of this program and that has been my experience is that um you know as long as i keep an open mind um you know as long as i'm willing to put in the work to put in the step work as someone else has said you know that's where the crux is for me is to keep working um but i don't have to struggle with the spirituality of this program it's absolutely there for anyone and um I'll leave it there. Thank you for hearing me. Thank you, Claire E. from the UK. Katie B., you're next. But before you go, I'm just going to let the people who got on late know where we are. And that is that we read the Appendix to Spiritual Experience on pages 567 and 568, as it was referenced after paragraph 2 on page 47 in We Agnostics. Katie B., thanks for waiting for me. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Um, hi, it's Katie V. from Brooklyn, New York. Um, so grateful to be here this morning. Good morning, Vision family. Um, this is so cool that we're reading this. Um, I, uh, I was writing this morning asking God, how can, I, how can I take action on my faith? How can I demonstrate um, my belief, and uh, and then of course I get on. It's a spiritual experience, and the first time I read this chapter, I said, "How is this going to happen for me? I don't see this happening." 
you know, um, a personality change. When I first came in, I, uh, I, I, I really didn't think it, this was going to happen to me. Um, I thought this, I thought this was the way that I was. I was, um, you know, selfish and arrogant and prideful and uh, thoughtless and unreliable. And, um, and that's probably not going to change. And um, I loved uh, the, the speaker, Craig, um, talking about defects and copying a resentment at God, because I have been feeling a very similar way. Um, now being recovered, you know, I want to, I want to be I want to be God, right? We all do. <laughs> we all want to be rid of these defects of character and I can't muscle my way through them. I just have to take them to God and ask God to have them. Um, I'm so grateful that we don't have to get hit by a lightning bolt and that um, this God thing just doesn't happen to us once. You know, when I first did step three, I thought, okay, I turn my will and my life over. That's it. <laughs> I'll do that once and I'll never do it again. And thank God that it's a daily thing, that it's an hourly thing, that it's a minute by minute sort of thing. And that we can grow into it as long as, as long as we're open, honest and willing that that's enough. And um, I love when it says in the book and, you know, if I were a, a better OA or I know exactly the page, <laughs> Uh, when it says in the book, God does not make too hard of terms for those who seek him, honestly. And um, yeah, it's just about being open. How can I have an open heart today? How can I demonstrate my faith? How can I take my doubt, my my arrogance, my pride, my selfishness to God and let him have all of me and not be ashamed? Um, how do I have compassion for myself and others? And, uh, and how can I fully rely on God? Anyway, thank you so much. Um, and have a great day, everybody. I pass. Thanks, Katie V. from Brooklyn, New York. Christina J. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of Washington. Recovered for today with God's grace and my willingness to take action every day. That's how it works. Um, today I don't think about the food. Sometimes I do, but it's not even an option. Food's not an option. A couple Sundays ago I called in to the special edition on Sunday and I asked the gal, when is the time going to be when I wake up and I'm not riddled with fear or some other unknown frozen emotion that freezes me and makes me sit up in my bed and not want to go forward? The good news today is I don't go to food for that. <coughs> But what do I do? And she, I can't remember the answer, but basically, for me, what has happened today, after crawling to God every morning, to my conception of God, which I call God, obviously, um, and taking the action, I'm having spiritual experiences. Now, I've had many spiritual experiences in my life, like someone else shared. I've done many spiritual retreats. I've sat in many circles. I've searched for the answer. And many times I was searching for the answer to my obesity and my overeating problems. <clears throat> but I never searched to the answer, for the answer for my character defects, my selfishness, my self-centeredness, my dishonesty, my fear, fear driving all things in me. Today I woke up free, <laughs> free from the fear 
God is gracing me because he sees me doing the action to walk towards him, this something that I believe in, something bigger than myself as it talks about in this chapter. I woke up free of the fear. Now, my second husband who died of cancer, he was three-quarters American Indian and a quarter Mexican. He used to tell me, get up and do your prayers. We get up, we do the four directional prayers at that time in our lives. And many times I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any big emotional onslaught or you know, a volcano erupting like I used to do in my Pentecostal church days. Uh, it was just nothing, and I was just like, what is this all about? And he said, you do these every day, no matter how you feel, and it will change your life. So today I crawl to God every day. Today I had the mercy and the grace of not waking up in that frozen fear. This program works. It works. And it's so wonderful that we have something we can do. We have a program of action that we can take we have to have the willingness and the discipline to take it. He's there waiting for us. As it said somewhere, I don't know if it's in the book or not, take one step towards God and he runs to you. He loves us. I mean, whatever your higher power is, you're going to find that it loves and cares and cherishes for you, cherishes you. And, you know, that's what I have today. That's what, you know, and that's what was missing for me in all my relapse days is I wasn't crawling to God with my... Um, my character defects and my uncomfortableness. I was thinking I could handle it myself. I'd bolt out of bed and go get going quickly because that was the thing that was going to erase the darkness and the fear. I'd just get going, okay. you know. That was my, I'll finish up, that was my protocol. That's what I learned from my mother. Keep pushing through no matter what, you know. Just, just white-knuckle it. Just shove it down. Don't pay attention to it. Well, that's a lie. That's a lie of the disease. So if you're out there suffering, get on board. Get on board. You don't have to live in those character defects anymore, those uncomfortable places in your heart. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. from the state of Washington. Nessa R. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, for me, uh, this appendix emphasizes, re-emphasizes and triple emphasizes that the 12-step process is about change and it's about transformation to turn me into a person that can no longer overeat compulsively, eat compulsively, no matter what. Um, and, you know, every time I undertook a diet or a program of weight loss, you know, gym, nutritionist, therapy, whatever, you know, I, uh, I always thought this is the first day of the rest of my life, but was always discouraged about, you know, how long is this going to take? Because, of course, I wanted to be thin, beautiful, and happy yesterday. And every time I would start something, I would, I would do these, spreadsho- these spreadsheets you know, of how long it was going to take me to lose the weight, you know, and I would do, um, you know, like an optimistic uh, version, a um, average version and a pessimistic um, version of how long it would take. And invariably I would get discouraged. And so one of the most hopeful lines in the big book here for me is is, is in this page uh, at the bottom where it says, what often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. So this doesn't have to take years. It's just a few months, two, three. You know, anybody can do the work for two or three months. And, of course, once the transformation happens, I'm going to want to continue doing the work because I'm going to love 
the way I am. I'm going to love the, the, uh, the, way, the way I would become, the way I would feel, you know, as a new person. And, you know, this underscores the importance of working the steps very, very, very quickly. Um, and that, that, you know, it has two reasons. Uh, I guess, no, maybe just one reason. I can be on a diet for a couple of months. I've done it many, many times. But I cannot stay on a diet indefinitely. And the transformation only happens uh, when I work the steps in abstinence. So it, it's incumbent upon me to, to do it as fast as I can. And that was my experience. You know, I really dallied through my step four twice. And every time I picked up, no matter how many warnings my sponsor gave me, I said, you're going to pick up if you don't hustle. You're going to pick up. And I did. And every time I picked up, I went back to step one. And then I would reach step four. And then the same thing would happen. You're going to pick up. And I did. And, and I went back to step four. And the, the third time around, I was a lot wiser. And I did it quicker. And, you know, that I got to the steps and the transformation happened. So it doesn't have to take forever. Just a few months. To me, that gave me such hope. Hope that I never had before. And then my experience confirmed. And the experience of fellows right. con- continues to confirm that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's doable. It was doable for me and it's doable for anybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. from Toronto, Canada. Seneca, you're next. Good morning. This is Seneca from, uh, Fort Worth, Texas. I appreciate this reading so much, uh, the spiritual experience. So this is how it happened for me. Such appreciation for reading this, uh, reading this that's tucked in the back of a uh, big book. That's funny because that's exactly where my spiritual life had been in this program, tucked in the back. Had I have been in OA for 10 years, come into vision for six off and on, and I survived, literally survived relapse. Yes, it's claws were in me, and I didn't know if I would make it to the other side. Now that God has given me the gift of recovery and entire abstinence, this is what I realized. First, through progress, not perfection, I work the steps like a college student, studying for an exam. I take notes on each and every speaker on this meeting every day. And if, if something um, resonates in my spirit, I fiercely look up their name and I call them and I say, can you please teach me more? I had to start, I had to start working down the foods I know damn well make me want more. Dark chocolate is an ex-boyfriend that I broke up with a year and a half ago. Um, second, I had to acknowledge God more. And um, learning how to do that. So I learned from religious people. Buddhists sit still. I started sitting still. Christians, they listen to gospel. I listen to gospel. Um, I'm a born-again Christian myself. Muslims pray five times a day. I started praying five times a day, et cetera, et cetera. Do what I had to do to become more proactive. I set an alarm now to remind me to pray like I have an appointment. Would I miss a doctor's appointment, dentist appointment, appointment to further my business? No. So guess what? I had to start doing that practical stuff. Self-care, wow. I'd missed that whole spiritual experience before. I started getting busy doing stuff for other people. I didn't meal prep. What are you talking about? I didn't have time to do that. So now I do it. Health issues demand that I pay attention to myself, and, it, and I continually ignored that before. Pure insanity. It's my business today to make God my CEO. My higher power is my CEO. Most days I wake up, I don't know what's on the agenda. How could I? God knows. Well, now that's a new concept for me. New words for me is I don't know, but God does. And I do that. It's a daily reprieve based on my fit spiritual condition. And when I think about being fit, that means I have to take baby steps, baby 
steps to approach this program. If anything resonates, please reach out. My program is finally a gentle, loving, caring, and nurturing place for my soul. No, I'm not starved. No, I'm not deprived. I'm fulfilled today. I learned that my program is like manna in the desert. I can't store it up. It won't do anything for me tomorrow, and it can't do no, it spoil from yesterday. I have to leave my tent and gather my spiritual gifts every day. How do I leave my tent and gather up my gifts for my higher power? I start with a blank slate, and I let God in. Hour by hour, I'm given the gift of peace, joy, and acceptance. Will I pause and accept it? Will I pause and accept it? And, um, and that's the opening to my spiritual practice. If I'm having food thoughts and my program needs to grow, that's what that means. Grow, go. And as I wrap up, grow my program like a garden. I plow, I dig, I get my hands dirty, I water it. And what actions do I do? I don't know, but God does, and I leave it there. My higher power does. It's a blank slate today. Thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Seneca from Texas. If you haven't shared on and a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience, pages 567 to 568, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. We have room for three people. Okay, wait one sec. I got Russ and someone T. Was somebody T? No? All right. That was Adriana T. Oh, Adriana T. Great. And then who else spoke up? I need one more name. Rowena K. Rowena K. Great. That's our that's our list. So Russ M. Go right ahead. I did hear Russ M, correct? Star one, Russ? Yep, sorry about that. I got double muted. I apologize. Russ M, Recover Compulsive Reader outside of Philly. You know, uh, as I'm listening to the shares and we go through this spiritual experience again, I I realize so much how much this wasn't about the food, but how life kept me screwed up. And I'm just looking back, you know. Oh, my gosh. So many different... uh, uh, spiritual experiences playing, you know, in our band in front of people with the worship team and, you know, wrestling in front of 15,000, 15,000 people. But the next day or even after the event, I'd be binging my brains out because there was something unsteady in me, my soul. And, you know, I, I, it's like taking me four and a half years here. And actually today to realize that, you know, you think I would have picked this up earlier. But this is a long thing. You know, this is not a quick hit and we're healed. We're working at it every day. And that educational variety type thing, you know, that we're going to have to work at this for the rest of our life. I have to do it. I'm not struck abstinent. I'm not struck peaceful. I'm not struck unanxious or calm or serene. It takes work every day. And... You know, sometimes it's like a spiritual awakening. It's over a period of time for me that the peace I'm going to feel is going to be worked for. The, you know, 
the things that God wants for me, I got, I got to, I, I got to invest the time to develop the spiritual life. And it might be a lot of pockets of dryness. You don't always feel it. And that's what I'm realizing that this is for life. You know, as always, I have captain obvious here, you know, but it's a beautiful program. And, uh, no, thank God this book was uh, written for all of us. Have a good day. Love you. I pass. Thanks, Russ M. Adriana T. Hi, thank you so much for your service. This is Adriana T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Michigan. And um, what this paragraph or this appendix makes me think about is um, the difference between spiritual experience and spiritual awakening. And, um, you know, God has his plan for me and for everyone else. And um, he kind of knows me and what is going to work for me and um, what's going to be best for me. And, um, you know, I kind of have to have enough humility to accept that, um, that some people need that intense spiritual experience or they're not going to get it. Um, and then others of us, uh, such as myself, are if even if we had a spiritual experience, which I've had some, um, probably not as intense as Bill's, but um, I squandered it. I, um, you know, made it about me. I um, then didn't want to do the work because I was, you know, on my own self-will again um, and just kind of took God's gifts and kind of like ran off with them. Um, and didn't, wasn't thankful. Um, so for me, this time around, it's had to be a slow kind of progression and just to trust that God's going to give me everything that I need, um, everything that I need for this day to stay abstinent and to stay spiritually fit, God is going to give me. And um, I don't get to decide or like dictate to God what, what, how it should be. And that kind of makes me think of like expectations, like, is my expectation of a, a spiritual awakening or the spiritual life um, rainbows and unicorns and kind of this fantastical thinking? <laughs> because my God kind of works in like the natural world, you know. Um, I'm not going to see like things just fall from the sky. Um, I see God in those little ways throughout my day. And, um, you know, and what's interesting is that as my attitude changes about the spiritual life, I start to see God everywhere. So a lot of it is more of my attitude changing. God doesn't change. I change. And so, um, yeah, it's, I could say so much more, but I'll pass for now. Thanks. Thanks, Adriana T. from Michigan. Rowena K. Hi, this is Rowena K. from the United Kingdom. Um, yeah, so my spiritual experience has taken years, literally, um, and I've got about seven months of black and white abstinence, and I guess maybe five months of that was just kind of getting abstinent from the show, and the rest of the time, I feel, has been spent getting sober emotionally and spiritually, and that's ongoing, um, and now um, I find that what's really helped with that um, has been the two-way prayer, which I've kind of adapted into, you know, like an ongoing conversation with my higher power throughout the day. Not throughout the day. I mean, more. Well, I, I talk to my higher power much more now um, than I than I ever have because I've realised 
after getting abstinent from the sugar, um, I was completely emotionally drunk on things like my defects. Um, putting down the sugar meant that I became aware of my lack of spiritual sobriety. And then I also had to put down things like the love addiction, the shopping, and Netflix has been the last one to go. So those things all had to go because there wasn't a space. I wasn't open um, to hearing anything um, from my higher power or even from myself. And um, I've got a voice now in my head. It's kind of like an intuition where I'm learning to just pull back when I find myself going into my ego and wanting to control things. And I never, I never had that before. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just, it used to be about the food, but that's, you know, that's because it's not an option anymore. Um, and my fears come back every single morning. And so I'm really forced to, to find my ease and comfort in my higher power because um, nothing else really works. You know, I try, like my mind will kind of go, all right, well, I'll try a bit of shopping. And then that doesn't, you know, that never, I never feel good after that. I'll try a bit of love addicting to somebody that never works um, or it works temporarily. You know, I can get sort of temporary relief from these other addictions. Um, but I find that it, it eventually, because I'm abstinent from the sugar, I'm almost forced to go back to my higher power because that's the only thing that gives me lasting serenity and peace and it's very much a work in progress so I take one step forward uh, and sometimes two steps back um, but I know I wake up in the morning with fear so I go through my spiritual routine I do my two-way prayer and that is slowly but surely chipping away at my my defects and my fears um, and I'm I feel grateful to be where I am right now and it's it's not peaceful and serene but I know that I'm I'm on the right the right path so I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thank you, Rowena Kay from the UK. We have two more minutes if someone would like to close us out with sharing on spiritual experience. Uh, Rosie W. Michelle Rosie C. Barbara. We've got Rosie W. Thanks anyway. Go right ahead, Rosie. Rosie W. Now we don't hear you. Star one to unmute. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, yes, go right ahead. Oh. Go right. Sorry about that. Hi, thanks so much. I'm Rosie W. Compulsive Overeater in the UK. Um, this uh, this appendix uh, for me made the difference between trying recovery and and not trying recovery. I I grew up in uh, a house, but my parents were both atheists, and um, I would I nonetheless went to a village church school, and so I was exposed to quite a lot of of religion. And um, I remember whenever we had a church service in the church next door, I would sort of kneel down and whatever the vicar was doing, you know, touching my head or you know painting a cross on my forehead or something I would I would just be braced just ready for something extraordinary to happen and for me to believe in this thing that all of my classmates believed in um and I wanted to do it I should admit because they all got to go to Sunday school and that sounded like fun um and of course you know nothing happened uh because I didn't believe then and fast forward 20 years you know by which point the food was frighteningly out of control and I'd begun to realize that it was going to kill me and um 
And I was doing exactly the same thing. I was sort of there on my knees, just waiting for something to happen and, you know, convinced that this next person that I was going to pay to stop me eating was going to be the one and that would be it. And it would just go. I don't like educational experiences. I've always liked high reward, high octane, high adrenaline jobs to do where there's an instant reward um, and where I can instantly take something off my list and feel good about myself. And so uh, recovery for me has been <laughs> quite a challenge. Um, and when I look at the last 11 years, um, I, 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 I just see how much frustration there's been and how angry I felt at times that things aren't happening for me in the sort of quick, explosive way that I like things to happen. Um, but since coming to Vision, um, my sponsor brought me to these rooms about a year ago, uh, introduced me to these meetings. Oh. I've begun, thank you, I've begun to finally accept a slow and steady relationship with a higher power, and that's a miracle. So I'll leave it there. I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Rosie W. from the UK for uh, finishing off our shares in the first hour this morning. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, March 30th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 16,670. That's 16670. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hi, sorry about that. I was uh, unmuting. Uh, 164, here we go. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 